the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 The Answer presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information from the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. Hi, and I um, we're back, and you're listening to uh, Eye on Real Estate at 866-970-9622. And if you're driving, be very careful. I thought... Maybe it slowed down a bit. I can't see. There's no windows here. But uh, it was pretty torrential. So drive safe. Um, so here is somebody, somebody, you know, um, sometimes there's a few things that are I find in common that people make the same, a lot of the same mistakes. And so some of the biggest uh, mistakes that I think buyers make them and how to avoid them, I thought that I'd go over some of them. And one of the mistakes I think buyers make is they figure, okay, let's just use a, a $500 price just because we used the $500,000. Well, we'll use a $500 price, not $500,000. Well, they figure, okay, I'll offer the $500,000 because I have bidders because mm-hmm. there's other people bidding, and I know that I'll get outbid. And as soon as I get my offer accepted, then I'll lower the price. I'll try to renegotiate the price down by saying, you know, well, this was wrong or this was wrong. Um, now, could I tell you that strategy never worked? Well, I can tell you some, there's, nothing that ne- that, there's nothing that always works and there's nothing that never works. But for most part in the market that we're in now, uh, which where I would say a seller's market, not a buyer's market. There's more um, set buyers than there is inventory. Um, I would tell you that once you make an offer and it's accepted, unless you find some structural damage or you find something you had an engineer's report or you find something really substantial, uh, it usually doesn't work. Uh, the deal will usually fall through. And, there, and if it's a good price, there'll be others waiting in line. Yeah, I, I think that's the problem, Dottie. You know, you, there, there's no way you're going to be able to re- renegate your offer. Now, remember something. In different markets, you could employ different strategies. Yes. So if we were in a buyer's uh, market where sellers couldn't sell and and buyers, you know, there were more buyers than there were sellers. Uh, no, there were more. Yeah, the other way around. Well, then you might be able to do it because the sellers have no people to buy their houses. Yeah. And so maybe you make an offer and then you say, you know what, I thought about it, it's a little too high or I thought about it and I, 
you know, the the, the back and, you know, the, the the back needs a lot of work. It needs a sprinkler system. I'm just going to make it a little bit less. Well, if they don't have a lot of options, they might take it. So, you know, you employ different strategies in different markets. And there's never an answer that's the always going to be right. You kind of have to go with your gut. And, and, and also, don't you don't want to play games with something you really want, in my opinion. And that's just my opinion. What do you find, Ace? Yeah, I think in, in, in regards to a buyer's market, um, to, to your point, Dottie, you know, there's, there's a lot more negotiations happening, right? But in the seller's market, for you to deploy that tactic, 9 out of 10 times, probably 10 out of 10 times, it won't work, Dottie. You know, so really depends on, on what market we're in, so... You're going to aggravate your sellers yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, you're going to aggravate them. Definitely. Now, what happens if you agree on a price? And, Jerry, you must see this all the time. You agree on a price, and then somebody does an engineer's report, and um, you go to the contract, and now they say, well, we found this, we want this, we found this, we want this, we found this, and we want, so we want to take off X amount of money. Now, if it's a small amount, maybe. But do you usually find that that works? Unless it's really substantial? <laughs> depends on depends on what the issue is. You know, I, I find there's a lot when buyers get the engineer's report, they they say, okay, well, there's all these things wrong with it. The seller needs to fix it. Uh, well, these things were all wrong with it when you saw the house and bid it on an agreed bid on it and, and agreed to a price. Um, and they were obvious to you the fact that the engineer is reiterating them in their engineer's report doesn't mean now that the seller has to fix it. On the other hand, we've had situations where the engineer found something that no one knew about, mm -hmm. that there was a main beam that had a structural defect that had to be replaced. And then when we started to get estimates on it, it was forty to $50,000. Well, that certainly wasn't part of the, the economics when you bid on it. And in that situation, I think it's <clears throat> reasonable to say to the seller, Look, I just didn't know this. This wasn't part of the deal when I bid, as opposed to saying, well, it needs a new roof. Well, of course it needs a new roof. Everybody knew that. You know, the age of the roof was apparent when you bid on the property. The fact that you're going to need to put a new roof on in a few years isn't something new that just was found out when you did the engineer report. So, Jerry, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago in regards to as is, right? So a lot of sellers will sell their property as is. What happens in, in a situation where it's as is, you get, you get a, a, I guess, home inspection report, and there's something wrong with the property. Do you have to buy oh. it as is? Well, this is before you've entered into the contract? Exactly, yep. Before you've entered into the contract, you know, all bets are off. Nobody's bound to anything. So you may have said in your offer, your oral offer, which is not binding under New York law, you may have said that my offer is as is. I'm not expecting you to make any changes. But nevertheless, as part of your due diligence, you find something significant that no longer makes the as-is nature of the property economically feasible. You can go back then and renegotiate. All, all bets are off. But if you're in contract, that's a whole different story. Good to know. That Really. Now, also, when people say they think they can do it all yourself, and I think a lot of people think that buying a home is easy. Well, seeing the house is part of the uh, easiest thing, that you can see the house and decide if you like it or not. Um, but really using a good broker, an agent's role isn't just finding the listings uh, with Internet access. It's negotiating. The agent's role is more about presenting your offer to the seller in a positive way. Um, it's very hard to negotiate for yourself. 
when you're negotiating for yourself. And as a seller, you only have one house to sell. So you can't really say, well, uh, you could buy this, this, and this for less money or more money. Um, I never, when it comes to my negotiating, I never negotiate for something personal. I'm a good negotiator, but I don't try to negotiate personally. I would find that most attorneys don't. Most people don't when it comes to something personally. An agent has experience. They have a strong network. They know what's on the market. They can. They know how to position the house. They know the comps that sold, and they know the ones that are most recent. So I really think it's a good idea to use a broker. And remember, the buyer that doesn't use a broker wants to save the commission. That's why he's not using a broker. Otherwise, he would definitely use a broker who would show him the best of whatever he wants. And the seller wants to get top dollar. Two people can't save the same commission. And the other part is the financing. Even if you agree to a price, how do you know what the the seller's finance, the buyer's financing is? You know, he might say, I have this great job. I work at this bank. I, I make X amount of money. But you don't know if his credit's bad. You don't know if he missed alimony payments. You don't know if he missed child support payments. You really don't know. And if you don't know any of that, even though he might tell you I'm fine, uh, you could find yourself your home two months later back right back on the market. So I think it's always a good side to use a good broker. And I'm not just saying that because I am one. I absolutely think when you're spending that kind of money, one of the largest investments people ever make, it makes a difference on the team you use. And when I say team, I don't only mean the broker. I mean the attorney, I mean the finance guy, and that's why we put our team together. Um, and you can rest assured anything that I buy, this is my team. This is the team I use. If, if you're a seller, um, you definitely should be taking offers with a pre-approval from a bank. Um, to Dottie's point, you don't want to have a situation where you have a great offer, but at the end of the day, um, the, the buyer can't, can't be approved by the bank, right? So please, please keep in mind, all offers have to come with a pre-approval. So. Wouldn't take, unless it's all cash, of course. Exactly. Okay. Now, we have a little time to talk about, somebody had asked, okay, and I think we might have talked about this a while back, but um, I seem to be getting uh, a lot more emails on this because in a lot of areas, yeah, throughout Connecticut, the suburbs, Hamptons, uh, there are no lands. So they're tearing houses down. And uh, the people will buy a house that's, you know, and when I say a house that's decent, it's not that it's not livable. You know, it's just, and uh, they'll tear it down. So somebody asked me, it used to be in only very expensive neighborhoods that buyers bought houses intending to tear them and down and build their own. Homes to their taste with their own amenities and architects. But now some of the older homes lack the style and amenities today's luxury buyers want. And, like, they're, you know, they're set up different. They don't have great rooms. They're not as open. People like open floor plans today. They don't have entertainment centers. And the closets might be very tiny because for some reason years ago people didn't seem to have a lot of clothes. Okay? Um so they were buying land and neighborhoods, not the house. Now, no matter where you live, no matter what price your house is, there are buyers who are going to want to tear down the home and build their own. 
How do you know if your house is a teardown? Jerry, if a client asked you that, would you have an answer? <clears throat> well, some people take it as a negative connotation that it's a teardown, thinking, oh, it's a disaster and it's in bad condition. The truth of the matter is many teardowns are perfectly good homes. They're just underbuilt for their current use on the land. In other words, the land is worth so much more uh, that clearing the house and rebuilding it on a bigger footprint and a bigger, updated, more modern house is um, is cheaper than buying a similarly situated house already built. Yeah. Well, let me let me give you some rules of thumbs. So how do you know if a house is a teardown? And I think this is important. What if it's just a little run down? <laughs> and believe me, I've seen houses that I thought, are they kidding me? It was just a little run down. When I say run down, I would have lived in it. Okay, and somebody tore them down. Should I, Should a seller take less money because a buyer says, hey, your house is a teardown. Is that the buyer's problem? What he wants to do with the house is this, so should he take less money because the seller, the buyer says, oh, this is a teardown, so I, I, I want to pay less. Um, is the thing a fixer-upper or is it a teardown? In other words, could it be fixed up? Could it with the right, you know, the right amenities and maybe some 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 new new kitchens and things? Could it, could it be fine? How does a real estate appraiser value properties that are, that are in below average condition? So, in essence, how do you know if a property is a fixer-upper or a teardown? And that's really a good question. How do you know if a property is a fixer-upper or a teardown? I haven't heard from any of you. If you have any ideas, I'd love to hear from you. But in a nutshell, if the house in your grid are selling for two or three times the value of the house you live in, the economics work for a teardown. Now, that happened to me. I have a house that might have been 14 years old. I bought it new. It was a spec house, so, you know, but I bought it new, it was new. And all of a, and, and I was one of the first houses they built. They must have built about 30. And then all of a sudden, they were tearing them all down, and the houses they were tearing down were bigger than mine and newer than mine. So, obviously, they offered me more money. For, they offered me more money to tear it down. I, I didn't, okay? But if the realtor is telling you that your home will sell, for four hundred thousand dollars, but the neighbors, but your neighbors have homes worth one point two million. You're a good candidate for a teardown, because if the rest of the area now is going for one point two, and you have a house for four hundred, now if you have a house for four hundred thousand and you're in a one point two million dollar neighborhood, if you could scrape up the money, okay, or you know, or maybe get a partner. Maybe you'd want to do it yourself because all that's going to happen is the builder's going to give you some four or five hundred thousand dollars. He's going to tear the house down and he's going to build yeah. a house that equals the value of the neighborhood. So a tear, a good so to know if it's a tear down, if the homes around you are significantly more than your home then probably it is a teardown. If they're, you know, somewhat more, but yours just needs updating, a new kitchen, things like that, um, probably probably not good. If the property is in poor condition 
an appraiser considers whether or not the value of the real estate is in its as-is condition exceeds the value of the underlying land, an appraiser determines this by analysis. Well, it's gets complicated. Yeah. I would just tell you that's that would be my barometers. Um, builders say the age of the home is irrelevant. The only number that matters begins with the dollar signs. Is the cost of the property, and that's what you have to look at, is the cost of the property enough to replace it with a bigger home that will fetch the price they're aiming for? Because if the cost of the property, when you knock the house down, can bear a million dollar or two million dollar property, well, then it is a good teardown. Is it better to renovate or rebuild? You know, it's, it's interesting that you're talking about teardown, Stadi, because on, on my end, on the bank's end, we're seeing a lot more construction to perm um, applicants more than ever now um, in, now say in that today's again, market. You're seeing a lot more. So we're seeing a lot more construction to perm. So basically what it is, it's a construction loan, and um, it's, it's called a rehab loan where, uh, I guess, buyers are able to actually tear down the home, construct on it, use an approved vendor, and then for the first 12 months, Stadi, it's interest only. And then you kind of so then you go from a construction loan into a permanent loan on a thirty-year fixed rate, and so many people are taking advantage of this program. To your point, Dottie, there's a lot more teardowns in the marketplace, and I guess people are more interested in rebuilding the homes up to up to modern specs. So it's it's actually a very interesting trend that we're seeing now in the marketplace, and it's interesting. And it's not only in very expensive areas. No, I mean, it not can at be all. in an area where the homes are seven hundred thousand yeah. dollars, and there's somebody that's got a a small house that they didn't really do anything mm-hmm. with, and if they tear it down, they can build a seven hundred thousand. I mean, we're, so we're, we're seeing it in Queens, Bronx, Brooklyn, Long Island. It's across across the market marketplace. So very interesting. Okay, just let me emphasize that we that each situation is unique, and offers some rough. So we're offering like guidelines, uh, but there's no situation that's exactly the same. So you want to really do your homework. We're just looking. We're just trying to give you pointers and rules of thumbs to kind of look yeah. at. But you really, really, really have to do your homework. And by the way, 866-970-9622. By the way, Ace, 30-year fix, what are they, 4? 4%? Yeah, 4%. It's been hovering around 4% for quite some time now, Dottie. So. And 15? We're at 3.375. Okay, and of course you can get a five-year arm for thirty-five. Yeah, three point five. Yeah, so things are uh, still low, no matter what they say. Yeah, and they are saying. I, I just read this article. It was in the Daily News on Thursday, so I will quote its source. Uh, it says your buyers may be soon be able to bring less to the closing. They were blamed for precipitating the housing crisis years ago, but major lenders are giving no and low down payment loans another shot. Okay, now, we're going to have a cliffhanger, but I want to find out, are they giving zero down loans, meaning no down payment loans or very little loans out? Okay, because that's what I'm reading on Thursday of June 15th. I'll continue the article, and then I'll ask for Ace advice. Let's find out. Yeah. That's good to know. Stay tuned. 866-970-9622. Joe Piscopo here, and I'm inviting you to a special AM 970 night. 
at Broadway's new hit musical, A Bronx Tale, on Friday, June 30th at 8 p.m. See the show that AM New York calls a combination of Jersey Boys and West Side Story. And then stay for an exclusive cast talkback hosted by me, Joe Piscopo. AM 970 listeners also get a special discount. Just go to telechargeoffers.com and use the promo code BXAM970. That's BXAM970. So join me Friday night, June 30th, for the AM 970 Night on Broadway at A Bronx Tale. Are you wearing contacts or glasses right now? Imagine this, opening your eyes tomorrow to 2020 vision. No daily contacts or glasses needed. It can happen, and it is affordable. TLC Laser Eye Centers wants to help as many people as possible achieve 2020 vision, so they're offering a fantastic price on their premium LASIK experience. TLC uses the latest FDA-approved all-laser LASIK technology, and for less than what you might think. Find out if LASIK is right for you. Call TLC now for a free consultation, 800-885-4488. Be one of the first 50 listeners to call today and get $400 off your all-laser LASIK procedure. That's a savings of $200 per eye. TLC Laser Eye Centers has over 20 years' experience and performed over 2 million procedures. Let our team help you. For your free consultation, call now, 800-885-4488, 800-885-4488, Results may vary. You are about to hear from Dr. Douglas Howard. After 20 years and tens of thousands of success stories, Balance of Nature is still the only pure whole food supplement available. Balance of Nature has served more than a half a billion servings of fruits and vegetables. Don't accept imitations, copies, or substitutions. Our success stories are unique to Balance of Nature's fruits and veggies. You'll know you have the real thing when you open the bottles and see, smell, and taste real produce. It is worth every penny I pay because they really have made such a difference in my life. It is making me feel a whole lot better. Even my doctor thought it was a good product. Take Dr. Howard's health challenge and find out how to get two free sets of fruits and veggies. We'll even ship them to you for free. Call now for details. Call 800-2468-751. That's 800-2468-751. Or go online to balanceofnature.com. Use promo code THEANSWER. Hi, this is Bill Martinez. Join us as the conversation continues about immigration, about our health care system. It's all about us. It's all about the truth, wherever it leads. Bill Martinez live Monday mornings at 12 a.m. on AM 970. The answer. It's I on real estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Okay, we're back, and we were talking about, I said there was an article on um, June 15th in the Daily News, and it said that major lenders, so several major lenders, are reportedly reported offering loans with just 1% down. Now, Navy Federal, the nation's largest credit union, offers its members zero down mortgages in amounts up to $1 million. Um, Department of Veterans Affairs, so we knew the VA, mm-hmm. we always knew the VA has offered zero down loans. Um, is there a movement? Or is this just like you have to have a house that qualifies in a certain area? Or what's the story here? 
again, it's like we, we never learn from our mistakes, right, Dottie? But um, I can tell you that we are a lot more stringent when it comes to the banking institution as a whole. So we are checking credit. Um, it's not like you can just get a loan with just a pulse. So you need to have really good credit and really good income. So as long as you show the ability to repay the loan, banks are more comfortable lending on 100% financing. But in my opinion, and this is only my opinion, you know, if you don't really have skin in the game as a, as a borrower or as a buyer, the accountability isn't there. So look, I, I do understand there's 3.5% down on FHA, 5% down on Fannie Mae. I still believe that there should be some sort of down payment, 100% down payment. Right. But the point is, yeah. if you've tried to get a mortgage and you didn't have enough down payment a year and a half ago and your credit is good, you can still. Okay, and you've paid your bills on time and you want to buy a home, yeah. I would apply again. Yes. Because it has lightened up a bit. Oh, it's and opened again, up tremendously. It's, so. It's, so it's so just because you got turned down last year doesn't mean you'll get turned down. If your credit's bad, that's a whole different story. Correct. But if it was because you didn't have enough money, there being because a lot of people really make income and don't have yeah. enough down payment. So they are loosening up on that somewhat. So the worst that can happen is you try. The days of 20% down are no longer there. Um, you can definitely qualify. Fannie has a program now where you can actually put 3% down. So. Yeah. So remember something. It's not, you don't have to always have 20%. You yeah. can put 3% down. You can put 5%. You could have 10%. So make sure it, it, all it is is a call, call ACE. Ace, you should post your number all over the place, and he can and cost you nothing just to find out. All right, I have a question, 866-970-962 from Brian from Flushing. Hi, Brian. Hello, how, how are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> okay. Not bad. Is it pouring where you are? Is it, is, it rain, is it pouring? Is it raining where you are? Pouring? It just pouring? ended. It, it just, just ended. ended. It rained pretty heavy this morning. Now it's yes, okay. Me too. I, I, I don't have windows here, so I was trying to figure out if it was ending or am I going to get soaked when I leave. <laughs> so you're saying it's just about ending. It's just about ending. The sun is coming out. Good, good, good. Okay. How can we help you? What's your question? Uh, yes. Uh, you mentioned about the engineering reports and the assessment and uh, also the land survey. Uh, who pays for this, the, uh, the buyer or the seller? Typically a buyer, unless there's a specific contract negotiation to the contrary, but usually it's a buyer cost as part of the due diligence of buying a property. Yeah. The All buyer right. pays I, for it because the seller really, <laughs> if the seller couldn't get less if you don't get one because then you're not going to find right. anything that's wrong with the house. And they're not that expensive. I mean, I'm trying to think they're probably about. Appraisal report will will average right around four hundred and fifty dollars. Four fifty, something like to... that. And if you're if and and if you're if if you really want to do it right, what you should do is when you get the appraiser, you should go and meet him there yourself. And mm -hmm. let him point out everything to you. Because when you get a copy of the appraisal back, if you don't know that language it sounds like the house is falling apart. So you should go meet the appraiser. That's what I always do. And I say, okay, what's this going to cost me? And what's this floor going to cost me? And what's this little shingle that's, that, that, that has a little leak in it? Okay? So I think that, that you pay for it, but I think you should always meet the appraiser yourself. As far right. as you asked about another report, 
Yeah, the engineer's report. How much would that cost about? Usually less than $1,000, unless it's a really big property. Oh, no, the, yeah. the, I'm talking about the engineer's report. The appraisal, are you talking about if you're a buyer or a seller? A buyer. If you're a buyer, I don't really think you need to have to get an appraisal. I, I think you need a professional engineer's report. I do not think you need to pay for a professional appraisal on residential property. I mean, if it was a big office building, different. I think you get get two or three good brokers and have them do a um, have them do a CMA for you and show you and and get comps comparable properties and the brokers will do it for you what's sold mm -hmm. in the area what's sold in the last six months okay and then you want right. to know what's on the market okay not only what's mm -hmm. sold because what's on the market that's similar to what you're buying did right. not sell so then if mm -hmm. i were you know if i really wanted to do due diligence i would go see the properties that are similar to mine that are on the market that didn't sell now, if they've only been on the market like two weeks, no big deal. But if you see a property that's on the market, like you see a couple of them on the market six months, you know, you might want to go yourself to an open house and just see, and then you can get a better idea of what your of what your house is worth also. Okay. I think that's a good I, idea. But I would not pay for an appraisal. A broker will do it for you. Okay. What about the uh, surveying the property? Uh, you have to bring a surveyor in to make sure the property is what they're trying to sell. You know, uh, that's a title report, and the title report would only happen after you've decided to purchase the house, you've gone to contract, mm -hmm. um, and then the and you're getting a mortgage, and the bank will require the title search because if the title isn't free and clear, the bank won't let you buy it either. Right. Now, if the surveyor, like you mentioned before about the swimming pool uh, on someone's property, uh, now, if, if that was a situation, say, if I was involved in, could I pull out of the contract? If you were the buyer? Yep, unless, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. If you found out there was a pool on your, uh, on, uh, that, that your neighbor's pool was on your property, Absolutely. You can make it a condition okay. for the seller to Yeah, no. To you they would have no leg to stand on. Right. The title report right. has to be clean. Mm-hmm. Understand what All happens right. is that the generally what they do is they take the, the an older survey and they do a, a visual update and, and a, a surveyor goes they don't resurvey the whole property usually because that's expensive, but they'll do a visual update and say does the last survey reflect what's currently built here and then they'll make notations right on things that have changed. So if all of a sudden in the last 10 years since the survey was uh, certified, now appears on the property a pool that, the real problem is when the pool splits the property line. If it's totally on your side and your neighbor built it, then you just say thank you and it's mine. But if it splits the property line, then you really got a mess on your hands. Mm -hmm. No, but you're not gonna buy that property. Because then you'd be right. stuck with the same problem, and the bank isn't going to give you a mortgage on it anyway. Right. So. Right. Okay. Thank you so much for all your information. Good. Really Have appreciate a good weekend. Okay, Hi, thank Carl. You. Carl, you're from? Greetings. Greetings and salutations from the Sunshine State. Oh, you're from Florida. <laughs> good to hear you. I are. How's I the are, weather yes. there? How's the weather there? 
I'm looking at perfectly blue skies with oh. uh, white puffy clouds, and it's oh. just about 90. 90. Sun is shining brightly. Oh. I'm jealous. You're jealous. I'm jealous. It's been raining every weekend here. You know what, Donnie? Yeah, it's actually know. clearing up. Well, well it's, been, it's been raining down here about every afternoon, which under the normal circumstances, that's what it does. But it only rains for, for about an hour or two, and then it stops. Okay. So how can we help you? What's your question? Uh, the, invest, the investment guru is who I'm after. Yes. And I am uh, basically twice his age, from what you tell me. <laughs> and uh, I'm retired. I'm on a fixed income. And I decided a long time ago to buy a house. <clears throat> and then I decided shortly, uh, a short time ago, to buy two more. So I, uh, I took the money out of the bank that I had, and I invested in these houses. And uh, I've got cash flow on them. They're all paid in full. I owe nothing on all wow. three of them. And then I have my house that, uh, of course, I have a mortgage on. Um, but the point is, is that I am right now cash poor. I would like to buy another house. Where do I go? How do I do this? Is it possible? Okay, so wait a second. First of all, accolades to you because for you to have three investment houses that you purchased and you paid them all off. Um, yeah, they're paid in full. They're paid in full. Do you rent them? Yes, they're all, yes. all three of them are. So, so they're all giving you cash flow? Pretty much. Okay. So your question is you'd like to buy another one, but you are cash poor. So, so how much cash flow are you receiving from those properties? Uh, approximately, uh, remember this other stuff. I had about four, four and a half thousand a month. Okay, and how much cash are you looking for? Well, I don't know. Well, the the house that I'm looking for now is a uh, bank owned, and of course they're crazy. Uh, yes, they, they are. Yes, they are. Uh, they want uh, uh, more money than the, the thing is worth, and uh, so I would I would make them an offer. But the point is, is even if they accepted the offer, where do I get the money? Carl, can you hold yeah. on because they're coming up with a break? We'll be right back. Just stay on the line. We'll be back with you in two minutes. They're just taking a quick break. This weekend on Champions of Justice, it's our semi-annual congressional update on the state of our government with one of the nation's most accountable congressmen, Adam Schiff. Whether you're a Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, or Independent, Tom Girardi asks the questions that you would ask in a far-reaching one-hour program that covers campaign finance reform, energy, the military, and national security. Tune in Champions of Justice, Sunday mornings at 10, here on AM 970, The Answer. Are you looking for a radio show that gives you straight talk, common sense, and the facts? Are you looking for a media outlet which offers all points of view? If the answer is yes, then listen to the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning starting at 830 right here on AM 970, The Answer. The Cats Roundtable is hosted by John Katsimatidis, a successful businessman who came to this country as an immigrant and built a multi-billion dollar business empire. He's met presidents, world leaders, governors, mayors, congressmen, state legislators, and you'll hear them all on the Cats Roundtable. 
Republicans, Democrats, Independents, Conservatives, Liberals, and everything else you can imagine. You won't just hear their take on the news. You'll hear them make the news. Whether it's local, national news, or international news, you can read about it in the newspaper on Monday. But hear it first on the Cats Roundtable, Sunday mornings at 8.30, right after Murano in the morning. Only on AM 970, The Answer. Hi, it's Mike Gallagher. I've been telling you about Relief Factor for about six months now. I've been using Relief Factor for a lot longer than that. Just like you, I've heard about Relief Factor on the radio, and I simply had to try it because I had hip and knee pain that wasn't going away. Well, it worked for me in about two and a half weeks, so I asked them if I could endorse the product. That's a true story. Now I'm hearing from listeners everywhere, like Tim from Pennsylvania, who wrote, Pain I had lived with for three to four years has completely disappeared. After two months of Relief Factor, it has totally vanished. I'll be 72 in March, and I feel at least 10 years younger. It's great to be pain-free again. It sure is. If you're struggling with ongoing back or neck pain, shoulder, hip, knee pain, general muscle aches and pain, do what I did. Go to relieffactor.com, order their three-week quick start for just $19.95. Try it for three weeks, $19.95, relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com or call toll-free, 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. You need a professional website quickly with no drama? Call the great people at BizTourage. They're experts in small business websites and will deliver a great website at a low cost with no headache. BizTourage.com gives you personal attention, a website that wows your customers, and with no headaches. They make it easy. Get your BizTourage website today. Call 888-461-4348 or visit BizTourage.com. That's 888-461-4348 or at B-I-Z-T-O-U-R-A-G-E.com. BizTourage, because every small business deserves an entourage. Call today. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and we were speaking to Carl, who I said accolades, who's gotten... uh, Two investment properties. Three, was it right? Three now. Three investment properties, and all paid off and producing income. Yeah, I mean, so really, uh, you were so so, Carl. We were talking about the rental income. Um, do you actually do you report the full income, or do you have write-offs for expenses on on the rental income that you receive? No, I I pretty much maintain the properties uh, uh, for the most part, so that I know what's going on, among other things, and because of the fact that I want to try to increase the value, I am improving the properties as we go. That's great. So okay. um, I try to re- reinvest uh, a portion, if not a good portion, uh, like new air conditioning systems, et cetera, et cetera. And um, like now I'm looking at a new roof for one of the houses. So, so, so it's, Carl- uh, you know, it's, the cash flow is there. Mm-hmm. The cash flow pays my mortgage on my regular house, on my own house. Okay. And uh, gives me a couple okay. of bucks there. So you're using the money from these investment properties to pay the mortgage on the house that you live in. Yeah, one of the houses pays the mortgage on on uh, on uh, on my house. Got it. The other two okay. are just. Uh, so, uh, go back to your question with the bank. Truthfully, I find them very difficult to deal with. If it's a bank-owned property, usually I, I'll, I'll say there's always an exception, but usually. They're difficult. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
But if you found, so, you know, because they don't really care <laughs> that much. But if you find another property that you that you would like, why wouldn't you consider you could take maybe a, um, you could take maybe an you can You can leverage your, your homes that you have now that's free and clear or even your primary, depending on how much equity you have in the property. Uh, the problem that you may run into is that the, um, the amount of income that you report um, will substantiate how much you can actually um, take out, right, in terms of equity. So what's okay. – without disclosing too much, you know, you have to really calculate how much you make per year in terms of, you know, um, on your tax returns. And the rule of thumb is that the bank will lend you up to three to four times of that amount, um, you know, and this is not knowing what your liabilities are. So, you know, that's just a rule of thumb, um, right around three times the amount. But the way I look at it, Carl – and again, everyone, you know, and again, you have to look at your circumstances and, and comfort zones. But if you have three houses that are paid off and, and, and they're giving you enough income to pay your mortgage payment on your other home, well, then your ba- money really, you, those houses are going to go up no matter what yeah, or, or down, no matter what up. you do. So your money is actually dead. I mean, it's not working for you because those houses no, are going to go. So you have your money's now all paid off, but it's really not working. Now, that's very comfortable. So if you want comfort and you want to, like, say, wow, I don't have a care in the world. I have cash flow. I have my mortgage payment paid off. I have no debt. Okay. That's one way to look at it, and but I will tell you, then your money really isn't working for you because it's de- it, it, it's so. If you wanted to take a small amount, maybe I mean again, I don't know the exact circumstances, but I think that with three houses paid off, he should be able to take some. Or Carl, have you ever considered selling one of the properties that you that you own free and clear in order to get some? Equity? No, this is this is. Uh... Uh, what I'm building is I'm trying to build a legacy here. Uh, oh, like wow. Okay, okay. I mean, wow, you could, are some guy. Kudos, like, hats kudos to off you, to you. Kudos to you, Carl. Really? You you really – and then, you know, one day I'd love you to come on the show and tell us how you got started. I mean, Carl, the reason why I say maybe that would be a possibility is that if you sell one of your homes – you know, you really could leverage financing at that point where you where you only have to put down, let's say, 10% or 20% on each property, and then you can make one property into two properties, you know? so that it, But it really depends on what price point you're looking for on, on the investment property, things of that nature. And if the numbers make sense, then you could actually multiply from selling one and multiply that into two or three, depending on the numbers. So that's another option as well, Carl. I understand, and I, I have thought of all of that. I just wanted to confirm that my thinking was in the, the correct direction. It <laughs> is. It is. I'd love you to come back one day and call in and tell us how you started. I'd love to hear the story. I started after I moved here from Bergen County. You did. Yeah, so you I left. Sold, you left uh, Bergen County, and you started. You 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 basically did your investments in Florida. What did you do here? Yeah. You did them in Florida. No, I had. I had a home and I had a, a commercial business in Flam, New Jersey, and I moved down here and sold everything up there, and I bought my first house uh, for cash, and uh, I bought the second house for cash. Uh, 
you know, that was 30 years ago. So things have changed, but now there's three of them that are paid in full, and it's well over, uh, pretty close to three-quarters of a million between the three of them. Well, Paul, you've really done what uh, most people don't achieve in a lifetime, and I have to say, you you have to take some risks, but you were really ahead of your times, and hats off to you, and your kids are very lucky to have you with Dad, since you're building them a legacy. But really... Hats off to you, because you know something? If you look at people who really made money, they usually held it, but they did it through real estate. And it doesn't have to all be expensive property, okay? And the reason I always bring Ace on, because Ace started when he was 24 years old. It did. It It started with one small property. And And it wasn't that he was making a lot of money. So. And, and he's parlayed that, so he's pretty good at that. But thanks so much. It's a great story, Carl, and hats off to you. And have a wonderful weekend. I appreciate weekend. your help. Thanks, thanks you Carl. Too. I appreciate your help. Yeah. He's really, uh, really. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I, I have to tell you, that's really. It's a, it's a, a great story. A great story. Uh, you don't, you don't, people usually have one house. But remember something, when you've paid off, and again, there's a lot of ways of looking at this, and again, personally, your comfort and your peace of mind and your risk tolerance all have to come into play. But if, let's say, you have a home and it's completely paid off, so and it's worth 500000 it's going to be worth whatever it's worth the following year, whether it has a mortgage on it or not. So basically, you've taken your, your, all your money, you put it in a house, the house is going to go up or down, however it goes up or down, and your mortgage is all tied up. Your, your money is not really working for you. Now, to some people, that's secure and that's peace, and they feel, listen, I have no debt. Everything's paid off. And others, and again, depending on your age, I think your age yeah. could have something to do with it. I think that people, as they get older, probably don't want to take the same, take the same risk because sometimes they can't, they don't have the time to make it back. But... We should do, I'd like to do a little bit of a show, uh, again, and it's not good for everyone, on how you can uh, leverage some of it. I think for our listeners, the key in investing in real estate or or even purchasing in real estate is that, you know, you want to be able to take advantage of the market, meaning... And the interest rates are so low. Yeah, it's so low. And and if you sell, let's say you buy property and you sell, the key is not to just keep the money. The key is to continue to reinvest because... If you're if you're selling in a down market, a lot of people may not want to sell. But if you sell in a down market, remember you're buying in a down market as well. It's almost the same same philosophy in in the stock market. You know, right. the people that invest monthly, you're 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 taking advantage of of the lows and the highs, right? So you always want to stay consistent. What a lot of people do is they sell and then they keep the money and they never reinvest it back into the real estate market, and that's where you kind of lose the disconnect. You want to keep consistent, and you want to continue to reinvest, reinvest. Right. That way you pick up if on the If you have the, the risk tolerance for it. Correct. Okay? <laughs> so first of all, you have to – and there's, that's why, you know, I kind of want to dedicate a little part of a show to it because you have to have that risk tolerance. You have to be able to handle risk. There's always risk. Second of all, you have to be a landlord unless you're going to get someone to manage those properties. Yeah. So you have to – be able to say, okay, do I want to 
be the landlord and buy properties close to where I live so I could manage them myself. And then if someone calls me at 2 o'clock in the morning to say a pipe burst or something, am I uh, okay to go there and do what I have to do? And then you also have to take into consideration, although there's many great tenants, you could get stuck with a... We had a guy, and if if you're listening to this show, I would love you to come back on and tell your story. But he was a guy that started to invest in real estate. He had a rental property that he rented. He said when he got through, the woman took him to court. He was like a criminal, and he did nothing wrong. He said, I'll never do it again. So, you you know, you have to you have to kind of look. Yeah, yeah you have to. I'll never forget. Do you remember that guy, Jerry? Oh, yeah, remember? absolutely. He was funny, too. He, he was, was so he's finally, funny. He's like, he just left the property. He just left the apartment empty. He said, I'm not going to rent anymore. It was too much of a hassle. Yeah, he said, I <laughs> really? felt like I was the criminal. <laughs> he said, when she didn't pay rent. Okay. But the point is, so you know what? We, we're kind of maybe hopefully try to put some of the pluses and the minuses. Because really with interest rates this low, if you're looking to buy a home for your first home, yes, you should buy. Yes. And if you have some extra cash, and again, you might feel the stock market is better for you. You might feel buying gold is better for you. Okay, everyone has their preference. But if you can find the right deal at the right price and talk to your accountants and make sure that all those things work, um, I basically think eventually we have to have inflation. Yeah. I mean, sooner or later. Definitely. I know they're cutting us off. I'm hoping the sun comes out, but if not, it's going to come out today. And if you're healthy, then the sun is out. Okay? Uh, that's really what counts most. So we'll be back next week, and we'll talk a little about, continue a little bit on investment things. And is it 4th of July next week? It is. Oh, all right. So well, maybe I won't do that next week. Maybe I'll try to find a lighter show for next week. Yes. All right? Maybe the week after that. Have a great week, and I'm sure a lot of you are taking off because it's 4th of July weekend. We'll be with you next week. Bye now. Have a nice weekend. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.